Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Zero Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I am so excited to have on a 54 and soon-to-be 82-year-old from Timmins and Stratford, Ontario, Canada. They are both staples and legends of the Midwestern Ontario (laughs) Junior B-Loop. One is a two-time Sports Writer of the Year for the ONNA, which is the Ontario Newspaper Awards, folks. He is a wordsmith and had every single teenage hockey player in the Midwest hanging on to every one of his words in the KW record. The other is the backbone and pulse of the Elmira Sugar Kings, a six-time Cherry Cup champion and a four-time Sutherland Cup champion and has helped countless kids make Elmira a second home and chase their dreams to the OHL or NCAA and is Elmira royalty. Welcome to the shed. Bob Cummings and Jeff Hicks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brett. What an intro. Oh, my goodness. What a collection of dandies in the shed today, too. <laughs> uh-huh. I, Hicksie, I get into how we know each other, and I was trying to figure this out. I bet you I haven't seen you since 2002. Uh, it's got to be that long. Uh, I, I, uh, and even then, they wouldn't let me talk to you because you had a wrist injury, and that's all I was interested in. Oh, yeah. When, when Dr. Kennel was freezing my wrist for the games. <laughs> Amazing. He did a great job because I, then I Naden sent me some of the old articles, which I'd forgotten about. And in the middle of one of the articles, it, it said how Walton came back and all of a sudden he was shooting like he normally does. And I figured, aha, he must've just got the freezing from Doc Kennel. So yeah, no, I, I I think it was the first game of the finals. I literally didn't play until overtime. And I was like, I'm going to try and play anyways. And I couldn't shoot or pass or stick handle. And so then after that game, we had to figure out something. <laughs> yeah. And we did. You know, I, yeah. You know, I spent so much time with Bob. It seems like five years or so every Sunday night. And then when the playoffs came around, I'd sort of sit beside him outside the copy maker in the old Amira arena and uh and just fired questions at him and he'd talk the whole time and tell me exactly what was going on everywhere it's it's, uh so nice to see bob and looking so well and uh uh yeah good times but it seems like for it's a lifetime ago well it really was and that's funny because now i'm coaching kids and it brings back so many memories of my childhood that you forget about until you see other kids go through it right um so bobby clippy haven't seen you since I guess the Sugar King Golf Tournament this golf year. Golf tournament, right? That's, that's where I gave you my shirt. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> show show the crowd your beautiful two ale shirts. Both of you have them. Look at this. Yeah. This is sexy shit, Clippy. <laughs> 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 
I've never been turned on by Hicksy either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, that's Hicksy. That's part of how you came on was um, the guy that does my website, aleshockeytales.com, which is in the UK. It's a guy that's done all this for me, and I can't thank Sean Collins enough. But he says, somebody's ordered a hoodie in your neck of the woods. And I was like, oh, really? Who's that? (laughs) And he said, Jeff Hicks. And I said, no shit. (laughs) So thank you for the sport, Hicksy. And uh, thanks for paying the shipping to get that over here. Because Hey, it's beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's comfy. I love it. Yep. I have the same sweater. And I literally can wear it every day. It never smells bad. I don't have to wash it. It's it's my favorite hoodie I've ever worn. You know what it is? With your dirty, dirty, uh, uh, hockey equipment sitting around (laughs) yeah i don't get into hockey equipment anymore clippy that's over (laughs) well you know it's a conversation started too because i was wearing this after pickup last night and the guys at the table were asking what the hell is that and i said oh it's a podcast i'm going to be on tomorrow you got to give wally a listen so that's Maybe right. you get well, some more you. listeners. And thank you. And no, and uh, there's people wearing this shit all over the place. It's pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> um, Clippy, I gave you a t-shirt then at that golf tournament, eh? So um, I gave out a few of them that day. <laughs> Probably did. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was. It was great to see you again, buddy. Oh, yes. You and I go back more than before hockey. Well, I'm going to bring that up right now because getting into how we know each <laughs> nice. other. Um Clippy here was my grade six homeroom and communications teacher, right? Back a day or two. And did you know that your parent-teacher meeting with my mother was a story she told for at least a year or two? Because I still remember (laughs) it because, man, you you put a pretty high bar on me. Wasn't too thrilled. You know, you're, you probably wouldn't remember what you said to my mother. Probably not. No, probably not. You probably had a few of them. You said to her that the sky was the limit for me. Did you know? Did you say that to every mother? No, because you recognize each kid a little different. <laughs> and you I am a little thought. different. <laughs> yeah, you, you, had, you had skills and talents. I don't know at that time whether you were actually reaching for them. I don't think mm. I ever really reached for them until I got out to the shed. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and we got you the scholarship. Yeah. Well, you know, and uh, you helped everybody get scholarships. And um, you were the one reaching out to schools right before the internet and before all that. You you were getting names out there for the Elmira Shurikings, weren't you? Yes. We go way back before the 90s. Yeah. You've been there since the start, eh? Uh, 71. 71. That's wow. a f- put in a few years with the Kings, eh? Uh, a day or two. I'm <laughs> still doing it. Yeah, you are. Um, so that gets into the inspiration to today's double header episodes is um, I'm raffling off Elmira Shirking jersey on my website, aleshockeytales.com. And all the money raised will go to Friends of Hockey, ran by Kyle Rank, to support kids that... Uh, doesn't matter how much money they got. They're going to get equipment and they can play hockey, right? And uh, good work, Kyle Rank. Way to get that going and keep it going after your old man. Richard, what a beauty he was. And uh, so I'm having on Sugar Kings today, and I'm going to bring awareness to this raffle because people aren't going to embarrass me, right? I'm going to go out to center ice with a check, and people are going to buy enough tickets that I'm not embarrassed by how much money's on that check, right? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think right now we've raised like 60 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So please it's buy tickets, point. folks, right? They're less than two <laughs> bucks a ticket. Buy like 20 tickets. Get off your ass, right? Yeah. Is this a this a Walton jersey whose name's on it? We there's no name on it. It's the Sugar King. It's a game approved one, but there's no name on the back yet. But you could get a Walton on the back if you want. Yeah. <laughs> After you win it. <laughs> I'd pay for How about I'm gonna increase the value? Have Van Ninatin on the back. It's well, the lettering alone is makes it uh, twice as valuable. It's a long yeah. last name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a what a legend he was in the league, eh, Hexy? <laughs> he was and he was a different type of guy he was he was furious in that bob right he was just full of fury yeah he was we got him by accident not surely by accident it was our luck stratford because, cut him for well, groin a stedge yeah uh, he was drafted by kitchen rangers and he was cut he went back home Seaverville, which is stratford territory and they didn't want him. So yeah. we took him. Yeah, we sure did. The rest is history. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> and he this is this is the old too. This is the Elmira Sugar King story, taking the discards of other teams and turning them into superstars. Brandon, Brandon and Dietrich Lee and Rob Collins, right? Yeah, they're our coach yeah. right now. <laughs> and I hear the Sugar Kings are in first place. We are six points up on Cambridge and Waterloo and running a muck, eh? Three games, three games in hand. Wow. Uh, so Rob <laughs> Collins knows how to coach then, does he? They played if, one of the best games they played all year last night. You want us to talk about that then? Because my team played the best game of their season last night. <laughs> Who's my, that? my under 11 team is oh. in the playoffs. Yeah. I have the coach. And we went to both teams for five and one after the round robin. Okay. We go to a one game playoff to see who finishes first or second. We're both going to move on, but whoever finishes second is going to have to play shallow Lake who has never lost a game this whole season. <laughs> so basically it came down to last night. Cause I'll try and win against shallow Lake in a tournament, a one gamer, but a series, she was going to be a tough hill to climb. So we went all in last night. I took a mini Stanley cup. I pretended we were playing for a mini Stanley cup. I gave the boys a speech. I don't think they'll forget anytime soon. I went all in as a coach. Um, and my team played their best game of the year. We went down three different times and we kept finding a way to come back. And then the second half of the game, we took over and we won. And the team we played was a great team, Aaron Eldersley, but we ended up winning it. And um, so now we finished first and we start a series against Walkerton can't wait start saturday and if we win that we go to the all ontario finals good for you wow congratulations that's great yeah so that's yeah. my first year of it and gosh i love it <laughs> it's it's a different experience it is man it is exhilarating watching kids play when you really really deep down care about what's going yeah. on yeah and that's i guess the only reason i've been around for 50 years it's because you get to know the kids right well, seeing them Go Shoot the for the stars wherever they wanted to go. Yeah, they reach you... that stat, you know <laughs> that that goal, that desire. Yeah, you know, we had you. 190 kids play hockey at a higher level than junior B hockey. 190 and, out of Elmira. Yep, that's a lot. Played either NCAA, CIS, 
junior A. And you are, you are a big part of that Clippy. Cause I remember back in our time, like the, the coaches from NCAA, like they had to literally come watch us. There was no video to just watch online. Right. Like they had to physically come see us. And before the internet really took off, like you were sending them mail. Right. And you're saying, oh, yes. come look at these guys. Yep. So it was, and the only problem is I did too good a job with your team <laughs> over the, over the two years. Ran out of scholarships in the league, I guess. <laughs> uh, we ended up, well, we had uh, seven or eight went one year. Yeah. 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 It was wow. pretty good. Over two years, about 12. So yep. with the result after you were finished in your group, we didn't make the playoffs for one year Yeah, <laughs> because we had too many bodies gone. Yeah, no, I, it was, it's really fun when all your friends get to uh, go reach for the stars too, right? Lochner, Niagara, Van Nyana. So it was Niagara and St. Lawrence, right? You got Ranker who will be on tonight. Yep. Friends of hockey folks buy ticket. Yeah. Um, and then, so Ranker, Hogg, the captain of the last year, right? My old limeate, which Hicksy, that's going to yep. come up because Adam Kennel's coming on tonight. You, nice. wrote, you wrote an article about our line, Adam Hogg, Adam Kennel, and myself, right? Do you remember yeah, that article? That's right. I do. I'll tell you why. Uh, interesting story. I was writing about how great a line it was and how it was just uh, piling up the points. And I remember I inserted into the middle of this article this line that said, greatest junior B line ever with a question mark. And I thought, all right, yeah, you, it might you, be. You, well, caught, you caused debate. a buzz with that that article <laughs> what happened was uh one of our night editors thought the question mark didn't look right there so we took it out it was bill <laughs> cooper thanks bill anyway once it appeared it's like wow there's no way out of this because uh, it just sounds like i'm talking my way out of it so i just kind of owned it and said yeah so if they're not then tell me who is of course in the strapper guys and tried out ed old check and uh and the waterloo guys had uh uh, trot, uh, trot out the uh, McCutcheon line from the 80s and and uh, it was actually turned out to be a pretty good thing it was uh, it caused a lot of debate in different times uh, but, different uh, eras of junior B too right and different yeah. eras different ice uh, you know not everybody played on a 79 by 181 sheet <laughs> uh, played pinball hockey which actually I think made you be a better skater because there were so many stops and starts Whereas you couldn't go for big, long uh, loops like you could in Waterloo. But, uh, but yeah, it, was, uh, it did create a buzz. Yes, I heard Well, it. It's came up a few times in the shed. Um, I guess it was a few people have brought it up and shown it. Like uh, Adam Kennel still has it. He, he sends the photo of it. He has it hung up in his basement. Um, <laughs> so it's a powerful thing you were doing in that KW record because people have that article like posted in their houses. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that. You know, uh, as I think back uh, over the last 20 years, 25 years ago, when I sort of started covering the Kings, I was in radio and I was doing a morning show on radio with another guy named Jeff. And uh, you were the Jeff and Jeff morning show. And the joke was I was and Jeff and uh, I did play by play for the Winterhawks. But uh, and I would sort of do the junior B thing on the side. And and I really uh, cut my teeth. Uh, on the Sugar Kings and their title runs, 96, 97, and, and beyond that. But what strikes me about looking back at some of the articles of that is I stunk. I was a lousy writer. What? And, and it, it took me four or five years, and I was starting to get it when I got to, to Wally's team. 
And then a little after that, uh, I started to get uh, sort of get a feel and get my own voice and start to have fun with things. Well, you and, were really, uh, you yeah. were playing with words. I remember there were times, I think, I remember an article when we won it, the Sutherland Cup, I think, right? in Thorold, and it was Fearman scored off the draw. And like, the, oh, the title, remember do you remember that? The title of the article yeah. was like, Snap. Was like, quick off the draw, this and that. I, I don't know. But anyways, I remember That's something. That's right. Fisher was the garbage man because he got a garbage man and the quick draw or something you called it. Right. But what's amazing that night was thorough rest of their top guys. They wanted you guys, which was a fatal mistake. In the hockey world, I I think that the hockey gods take care of things like that. If you rest in the round robin, if you rest your best players to face us, hockey gods don't like that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were signing autographs in the first intermission. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Like they thought they had won the Southern Cup because they were going to play us. And it no. happened It happened later. Was it when we played one at 14? We were playing Niagara Falls in a round robin. And they wanted to meet us instead of somebody else. So they didn't play the players. So we ended up playing Niagara Falls in the Southern Cup that year and beat them in five. Anyway, <laughs> was coaching. I, I, and I think there's the right way to play hockey, and I think there's not the right way. And um, like for our little round robin with the kids there, the coach and I are having our little chat before the game at one point in the round robin, and it was going to come down to last game, and we were discussing like, well, if we're down by one and it goes goals for and against, are we pulling the goalie? Are we trying to tie it up? And yeah. I, I said to him, I'm like, I'm not teaching the kids it's okay to lose by one. If we're down by right. one we are pulling the goalie and we are trying to tie the game up. I'm not playing that shit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, when they, it was, it feels great when a team rests like their top players, Nathan Horton and them, and then you stick it to them. That's right. And we did too. We did in the Sutherland cup, five straight, five games. They only won one. Yeah. And they were hot shots. And I guess we'll and bring them up. I've done it before, but I would say the, I would say the straw that stirred the drink, the guy that just competes harder than anybody else was yeah. Baird Agates. Yeah, oh, yeah. Thanks. And he, and he was not a big, heavy set speedster. And he had one leg skinnier than the other because he used yeah. to have a club foot. And it was like my boys last night, and I not to bring him up again, but they wanted it more than the other team, you That's know? It. And it comes down to who wants it more. And when I showed them the trophy, I'm like, we're going to be brothers for life. You only get so many times in your life to win a championship. I'm like, this is for the division. This is a championship. And I put a trophy in front of them. I said, when we get back in the locker room after beating this team, we're all going to sign this trophy and we're going to keep it forever. That's right. (laughs) And it used to be a popcorn maker. (laughs) Not not always the best team on paper wins a championship. No, it usually doesn't. Yeah, you got to want it. The, the team that usually finishes first in a regular season a lot of times doesn't win the championship, right? We never have. No. When we you know up, what? When we ended up in first. We were, yeah. what, third place? We already had a coach yeah. fired that year? Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is I'm good friends, uh, well, I'm friends with Dave Matthews. And we talk, but we never talked about that. Uh, but I remember at the time, I did a story about the change when things were going back on track. And uh, I didn't talk to Dave, and I really should have. But um, it, the whole situation was crazy. It was 
a high school guidance counselor is gonna, <laughs> just going to step in That's, and, and they're going to win. That's ridiculous. The, 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 guy, totally the ridiculous. high school guidance counselor that was a figure skating coach. Yes, right. <laughs> he's coming to the shed tonight, folks. Doubleheader. Okay. Wow. Disco Dave officer. He's coming. He's quite so much, uh, so much positivity. And he yeah. would just, he had a way of, of taking hard losses and explaining it to you guys. Uh, what did he call it? Mechanical persistence or something like this. He was just uh, always of knowing so where you are in the journey, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yep. he, uh, I love the line from Easter where he said uh, in a previous podcast, which is a great podcast, where he said uh, other coaches would get angry when things didn't get, uh, things didn't go well. And Dave would get nicer. It was yeah. just crazy. It was exactly the opposite of what he had under Kilray and probably broken, right? Take the take the good side of what happened. Well, and yeah. it's it's interesting, right? Because I played for a lot of coaches. There's only so many I want to bring to the shed. <laughs> Dave <laughs> Officer is one of them. He's one of the nicest people around. He I don't know what you call it, he nurtured and supported all of us young donkeys into becoming better young men, right? Yeah. He knew how to handle kids. Right. Psychology. He even handled vet nine that, right? <laughs> like that's, that's a mental pretzel to try and <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah. uh, do you remember there was a game where he knocked after he got scored on at a school is there to watch him? He uh this was at the playoffs. He pushed the net off and over and then left the ice, right? Yep. Beautiful. That's enough. Wouldn't you sign that guy right away? Or wouldn't you recruit that guy right away? I'd want that guy. Well, he's a competitor, right? And yeah. some of the some of the goalies I talked to, some of the players, it's the people that want it the most. Van Nyanatten wanted it the most. And we won. <laughs> he wanted to prove Stratford messed up. Rangers messed up. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And so he, he did here with a goal. Yeah. I remember yeah. in the maybe one of the playoff runs, I wrote something where he was thinking, which he was. And Jeff Seddon came up to me the next day and said, uh, oh, I just want to thank you for that little crack about Van Nynaten. He said, now it's came up to me the other day and said, I'm going to show that little cocksucker. And <laughs> sure enough, I think he got a shout out the next game or something like that. Yeah. He was outstanding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he, they made the comment about him in Stratford. And we were going into Stratford the next Friday. And he said, they're not going to get a goal. <laughs> and we went in there and I think we shut them out right in Stratford. Oh yeah. He, some of his games in the William oh. Alden arena, he would stand on his head and you could just see it that he was like, and you could feel like, and for us that were his brothers. Now we were so proud of him because oh, yeah. he was one of ours now. And we we're like, yeah, let's stick it to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he had a goal and okay. motive. Clippy, we are, we are not following my notes at all. We're just I, chatting. What else is new, eh? <laughs> yeah. Um, what I wanted to bring up, though, is how we know each other, is uh, you're going out for lunch again. You keep going out for lunch with my old next-door neighbor from my Elmira I house. Did. Yeah. Him and I taught together at Park Manor. Mr. Reed, Dave Reed. He was my next-door neighbor when uh, we had the house in Elmira, and we sold yeah. that to move here to Concordia. But my next-door neighbor was also my former teacher. And I would, we, you would always bike by and we'd stop and chat in the front yard for like an hour, right? That's right. <laughs> uh, man, Elmira's a change in town, though, isn't it? 
it is. It's it's not the little town anymore. If you and you know come back into it, the subdivisions are growing like crazy. Not many, Oregon. not much yards on them either, is there? <laughs> no, and it's not cheap to buy a house. No, nope. you'd be lucky if you get anything under nine hundred. Is wow. that right? On nine hundred thousand. So when I moved in beside Mister Reed, I almost threw up because I had bought it for like two twenty-five or something. <laughs> and uh, when I'm talking to Mister Reed, he's like, "Oh yeah, I got the cottage up in the Muskokas and this and that." And right. we get chatting, and he's lived there since they built it in the seventies. Yep. And he says, "Well, you know, I paid thirty-eight thousand for this." <laughs> well, I, and wow. he was still there. <laughs> yeah, I'm still in the house I bought. The first house we bought. I only paid 17,000 for it. <laughs> now we're talking about, it's been real. I probably maybe put 150 into it with changes and additions, but I could, uh, they're telling me I could sell it between 800 and $850,000 now. <laughs> She's wow. a crazy world out there. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, no, Myers changed. I come home, man. I, I, I used to be able to drive around and you waved to everybody. You said hi to everybody. And that's what it's still like in Concordia. And that's why I love living here yeah. so much is because you drive around, you don't even know the person. You kind of wave to each well, other, right? <laughs> I noticed the same thing. I, I, and I taught for 35 years in the town. Yeah. I go to a grocery store and I don't know half the damn people. That's changed. That if, if you don't know them, then it's really changed. Well, it has. You know, the subdivisions are going leaps and bounds well that also part of my notes was getting into how we know each other though it is i find talking in my shed is a lot of hockey players follow the guys careers that they really looked up to say yeah. it's andrew hotham following his brother scott or whoever else right if you live in toronto you see the maple leafs and you're shooting for the nhl yep. if you're joey martin and you're from thorold you're watching the Thoral Blackhawks and you're shooting to be a Thoral Blackhawk. When you're from Elmira, you're shooting to be an Elmira Shuriking. And then my favorite players were Brandon Dietrich and Rob Collins. Yeah. And I wore number 23 mm. and number 10 because of them, my yeah. whole career. And like, even my email has still got a 10 in it for Brandon Dietrich. Right. right? And, wow. um, but then they go to Germany. Brandon Dietrich is the one that gets me to Germany to be his line mate. And it's like, I saw them go to Germany and I, then I wanted to go there. And it's just interesting how the people you looked up to, the people you saw, how, what they accomplish is kind of what you strive for, right? That's, that's probably my biggest feeling of success with the hockey club, seeing them reach the goals. Right now we have five in Europe playing hockey, making a living. Last right. one is a King Carden boy. Ethan Skinner, Skinner. Form, former shed guy. That's right. He's, he's also in my pickleball league in the neighborhood here. Yeah, he's he's in Belgium now. He's got 44 points in 22 games. Running amok, they call that. That's right. Hopefully and he's then, working on his pickleball game because I should <laughs> kick the shit out of him at that. <laughs> but there's tons of them over there, and they're all over the place. Oh, I and, know. And, my and they're wife, living, right? They're getting to do fun stuff and seeing the world. Well, yeah. Like Clippy, can you imagine it can spread a nine bis in Deutsch and it's just yeah, for hockey. That, eh? Would Nothing you ever guess that in grade six communications, I'd be talking German. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember. Larry. I guess because of the Mennonites around, we probably should have known a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you remember Larry Harris with us. 
Oh, I had him on too. He's been in the shed. I dropped him off a t-shirt at the golf yeah, he, outing too. He has a cottage up in Chesley. Yeah, that's right. I went to how much we follow these you guys. I went and saw you play in Western Michigan. Yeah, you did. Dietrich down in well, St. Lawrence, the others in RIT. I was all over. You brought the whole Sugar King team to watch me play. Yeah. We played Cornell. I went top cheese. (laughs) I even stopped in to see Agates play in Cincinnati. Right. Yeah, he was a legend. I wonder if they retired his jersey in Cincinnati. I don't think they did, but they should. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't think they've retired anything other than the one. No, I'm talking about Cincinnati should. Oh, yes. Well, he was there for quite a while. Oh, he was the mayor of that. Yeah. I know. He's not there anymore now. No, I know. I know. <laughs> um, you know what's, uh, what's so weird, Wally, is that to me, you guys are all, in my head, you guys are all still 18. I, and I, to see I, you guys right. have kids of your own. I, w- I live in Hesper, and we have a tennis club, small little tennis club here. And we run a kids program for tennis. And one day, Brandon Dietrich shows up. Mm. And I'm so I love a great smile on that guy. Confirmed shed guy, too, but he wants to wait till after March break, you know. Got he's got some nerves. Am I am I losing my mind? How am I is this really him? And it was he was signing his daughter up for lessons at Hasper Tennis Club, but he told me how he played tennis in Waterloo growing up all the time. Uh at the Waterloo Club. It's just uh it's amazing to think that you guys have families of your own have grown up. The Amaya Arena isn't there. In my head, it's still there. I know. Me too. I dr- And then you go to that new one. It just doesn't feel the same. And um, I love the old arena. Like So one thing I think really helped me succeed, you talked about how small the Elmira Arena was, but was playing in that Midwest Junior B League. It was a lot like playing in the UK League. There were Olympic-sized rinks in Kitchener, Waterloo. Um, there were tiny barns in Stratford and Elmira. There was all the different sizes and you had to learn how to adapt, how to play in each size of rink. And it was the same in the UK. We had a little tiny BBT rink, which was like the Elmira arena. And I loved it. But then you'd go to Nottingham and Sheffield and it'd be exhausting. You'd have to skate so far. Somebody dumped. (laughs) If somebody on my team dumped it in, I'd be like, screw this. I'm changing. That's too far. (laughs) Yeah. But no, it, 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 the different sized arenas is a different game. And I think that league, really helped me that way yeah Yeah. the best games i've ever seen were at elmira arena in any any level of hockey for pure entertainment and you can shoot from anywhere and you're you're two seconds away from bringing it back the other way um and it it was so much fun one of the funnest times i had was before i started full-time at the paper i was still doing the radio show and i would i would do uh play-by-play bob probably remembers when i did play-by-play of one elmira cambridge series but Sunday nights, I would come in, cover the game. But I was also part of the pickup group that, that played right after the Sugar King. Oh, you don't think we knew that? Oh. Us players were like, Hixie's on the ice. Hixie's on the ice. He can play. Look at him. He's Look at him. He can play. Because every short. guy wanted an article about themselves. It was like, <laughs> it was making it, man. When you wrote an article about me drinking coffee in between periods, the stick boy would go up and get me a coffee, and you wrote an article about that hot and bothered wow wow i don't even remember that i don't remember anything the, the, the stories go in and out of your head a lot of the time uh and well, you're just writing another me. article right 
And it, it, it means more yeah. to us, a 17 year old kid that's in his hometown, you know, running amok. And then the newspaper guy like sees that and is nice enough to write a full article about me drinking coffee in the KW <laughs> record. And I was like, you know, yeah, that's cool. Small shit. Town. Yep. Yeah. Small town. Uh, you know, that always struck me about Elmira when I came to it, just how welcoming everybody was, how, you know, Bob or Larry Farr or Henry Benjamins or Jeff said, and they couldn't wait to tell you what was going on with the team. Everything. Like you didn't even have to ask other teams to be like, uh, they wouldn't tell you stuff, but with the sugar Kings, even when they used Hackendorn as an ineligible player, Jeff Seddon came up to me and told me before I knew anything about it. Like uh, it just struck me as I, a, I find a really that, nice class of people. I find it's really interesting based on like going through minor hockey now, right? It's the same, similar type thing is there's small town feels and then there's city feels. And it's like yeah. Kitchener Dutchman was a city feel. That team had some good players, but were they a yeah. family? Did they really love each other? I don't even think they really knew each other. They just showed up to play hockey. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they didn't get involved in the community like you guys did. No, nope. it's like we'd really have Adder at the Maple Syrup Festival, right? Yeah. And uh, did you go to the schools to read to the kids? Yeah, we did that too. We did anything. Yeah. So, and you know what we got paid for the Elmira Sugar Kings? Because I'm curious <laughs> what they make now. I got 20 bucks every two weeks. <laughs> so Clippy, how, how are they still getting 20 bucks every two weeks? I, I would imagine they've got a little bit more than that, but uh, probably not a whole lot. <laughs> well, I was pretty big deal there my last year because I was taking a couple part-time classes at Conestoga College. They bumped, yeah. they bumped her up to 40 bucks every two weeks. <laughs> wow. That was to pay for gas. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of things, as a, you say, a small town. And the other teams in our league probably don't do it. You guys have some meal after the game. Well, I find this one of the most interesting stories that people, I never really brought this up, but so I've always had a bit of a weight issue as a hockey player, Clippy. I don't know if you realize that. I was always, you know, had a bit of a muffin top, you know, and um, I think it stems from all my shirking days because I went player of the game a lot that last year. Uh, Every single time you guys gave me an extra value meal at McDonald's. Oh, wow. They starved the game. I, I think the game's changed a bit now. I think the top players in junior yeah. don't get McDonald's meals anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have to come up to the and go someplace and eat a meal in as a team after the game together. Well, I'm going up to the blue line room, right? Yeah, right. And you got the, the booster club ladies fed you. Right. And that's all just volunteers helping the community, right? Oh. And I don't know of another team in the league that's got it. And I know. And uh, no, it's uh, it was a first class organization and it's the volunteers. That, but Clippy, realistically, like, it's you. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of us around. They but you're right. That. There's more than just you. But uh, I'm telling you, like, you, I brought Kyle Rank into the shed and we're shooting the shit. And he said, he's like, Clippy doesn't get enough um, credit for what he did for all of us. Yeah. My credit is seeing what happened to them. The well, kids. you know what? My, one of my favorite things of being a Sugar King was, and what I thought was one of the most important things we did was at the start of the season, we went on a team trip, which brought the team together and we became family. 
We got completely crushed all together as a family. No distractions, no high school girlfriends, no college girlfriends. It was just us on the road. But it wasn't just the team. It was you. It was the coaching staff. It was everybody was there together. And we would get to a hotel, fill the bathtub with beers and ice. (laughs) Right? And we would... It might happen, but... But that was when we became a family, and that's how you end up winning at the end of the season, I think. Uh, you become a group. And family. We have, yeah, we haven't been able to do that the last few years because of the pandemic. Well, there's your normal weekends all through a hockey season, right? But oh, yeah. The, the shit you remember was going to St. Lawrence, see Brandon Dietrich, yep. skate around. God, it was gorgeous, right? And yep. then we went to Ferris State and watched Rob Collins and Chris yep. Kuhn mm-hmm. play together. And I was like, this is just the best thing. Cause I got to watch him as a super fan, both of them. And then you guys actually took me to watch what happens next. And I'm like, holy shit, I got to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It gives you that extra goal. You, you get to see where you can go, right? God, I want to be part of that. And I did want to be part of it. And I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, those trips, uh, bad. Ferris State was wild. You get Van Nyanat and Chester and the boys all in Ferris State. Cornell was wild in the stands. Cornell? Well, Cornell. They got they got bonkers in the crowd, the fans. I've played in Cornell. It was a nuts arena. But oh, uh, it was full arena and everybody's a nuthead. <laughs> yeah. Well, college arenas are like – I, you know, you, Elmire shirt kid games were incredible, especially like when I was a fan watching and, you know, we had broke a few fire codes with how many people were in the building, but, uh, (laughs) but like you get to the college games with the bands and like the students may, may or may not have been drinking when they get there and it can be a rowdy atmosphere. Oh yes. Shout out to the Western Michigan Broncos seventh Mm. in the nation right now. And we're going into playoffs and a guy that came to the shed first team, all NCHC or whatever the league's called now. Um, and he's up for the Hobie Baker, Ethan Frank. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. He's not a sure King, but no. I support him still. Okay. <laughs> um, moving on though. What else do we got here? Um, I don't even know. Where were we? Jeff Hicks. Here we go. Yeah. You're, you're an outdoor rink enthusiast. Like I have been. Well, I got three boys, uh, and two of them still play hockey, 17, 14. One's a goalie, so he's got to work on his game. And during the pandemic, his goalie coach actually comes over and, and uh, um, gives him, uh, you know, an hour's worth of training on the backyard rink. Um, we expanded it this year. We've had it five or six years, and we took the excavator to the backyard and leveled that sucker in, so we made it. It's about 30 by 30 or something. So you actually did that because my, my issue was I did one last year and it just wasn't big enough due to the the slope. So it was either getting like an excavator and like flatten out the yard or just not doing it. Flatten out the yard. It's It was the best money I ever spent. It's awesome. You'll love it. Yeah, but you know, uh, around so much here, fun. like you can find stuff right like you can find <laughs> rinks here and that's what i've been doing i find them they're in farmers fields they're on the lake sometimes the rivers nice. you know that's that's kind of my hobby you know i find rinks for the kids because i didn't make one i felt guilty this year <laughs> <laughs> it becomes an obsession you become totally obsessed with the quality of the ice the, the oh yeah uh, tiki lights everything uh the dog eating the pucks uh you know 
Well, and it, I, I actually really enjoyed it. It was quite therapeutic going out and working on the rink last winter, but yeah. not, now I have the shed. So that's more therapeutic than <laughs> making a rink. <laughs> Get out of the house. Yeah, you got to do stuff, right, Clippy? Yeah. What are you doing for fun these days other than the Sugar Kings? <laughs> not much you can do. You know, no. Go for coffee breaks. That's about it. Go out with Mr. Reed quite often for coffee. We're out How's there. he doing? Good. Good. He's had a few things that he's had to deal with health-wise. Yeah. Now, we're going up to his cottage in uh, two weeks for the weekend. And I, nice. uh, uh, you and your wife are clippy. Yes. How long have you guys been married now? Uh, 59 years this year. Haven't had wow, a love story. Great. Haven't had a love story in the shed in a while, Clippy. How'd you two crazy kids meet 50, <laughs> before 59 years ago? Well, her girlfriend set us up. Is that right? Yeah. She, uh, I knew her from school. Yeah. So she asked me to come to the restaurant downtown Stratford for uh, fresh fries or something. So I went and that's how we met. And you've been married for 59 years, eh? Yeah, that's it. Well, well, well done, great. sir. Well done. Yeah, it's, there's not, the grass isn't greener elsewhere. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess growing up in uh, Stratford, eh? Our yeah. biggest rivals, you grew up there, eh? That's wild to hear. I and you're, and you're the king of kings. Yeah, I, <laughs> I played for Stratford. Shut your filthy mouth. I know. <laughs> That was back in 58, 59. You played junior B? Junior C, it was that time. Is that right? I was wondering if wow. you, how much hockey you played. Junior C, that was back. We came actually came into Elmira and played a few times against the Dukes and stuff. And Larry Banks and that group. Really? My, my coach in Stratford was Craig Hartsburg. Wow. Or his dad, Bill Hartsburg. <laughs> I was going to say Craig Hartsbury, you know, his dad, he was only a little kid running around. He wasn't even old enough to play for us at that time. So, huh. you know, what's funny is when I was in Cambridge and did the radio for the Winterhawks, they had Chris Hartsburg, who was Craig's yes. son. That's the son. So he, wow. Oh, it's, a, it's, Sheeran, a, it's, yeah. a, it's a small world when you start yep. talking around. <laughs> oh, yes. And, you know, it's weird because hockey people seem to breed hockey people. <laughs> Yeah, well, you, you get together and get involved with the team as you did. You made friendships that'll last a lifetime. Oh, man. You know, and it's, it'll go and, on. When it's, yeah, no, and I think where you grew up and uh, how, you're, how it all goes yeah. for you makes you who you are. And my okay. junior time, winning those championships, being a family with the guys, um like basically doing everything in the world together. We would eat pucks for each other. We were, we were a championship team in every facet of the word, both years, even the year we lost in game seven, yeah. but then those friendships go on forever. But then <clears throat> I guess Western Michigan, it wasn't quite the same, right? I didn't, it, it, we weren't good enough, but the rest of, like we were a family off the ice and everywhere I went after that, that's what I tried to do. I tried it to make it like it was yeah. with the Elmira Sure Kings. Yeah. Well, it, it's been that way, this way in town here. It's a small town and it was <laughs> come from all over the place, but that's your life here. Yeah. 
even no matter where you came from, you became a family. Right. And, and you, you've, you've helped a lot of kids settle in Elmira, right? Like the, oh, like, I, like Ethan Skinner coming from Concordian or the kids that come from wherever to come to Elmira, right? They got to get settled in high school, a billets, right? I did the registration at high school with them. We met there every year, got them registered, got their programs, all that crap before. What are the sugar Kings paying you 40 bucks every two weeks? <laughs> probably cost me that much. <laughs> I probably cost me money to be part of the team. Not <laughs> I know. I know you've never asked for a thing, but gosh, darn it. You deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Like I made friendships with a lot of kids. I emailed constantly with, players from way back why not larry hears i taught in grade six same as you really 67 and we still i visit him in the cottage every summer no i know and that's what hockey brings you right it brings you lifelong friends for the rest of your life right i even went to switzerland to stay with him two weeks with what larry Hurris, right yeah yeah coaching there yeah, no, he, he's, he's been doing, he did a heck of a job coaching there. He's, is he, he's done now, right? Yeah. He's, he's in Utah. He's does a, coach, Oh, he's doing the, uh, the website thing with the drills program, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Jeff Hicks. Yes. Growing up in Timmins, Ontario. And how'd you get into hockey? Uh, actually, uh, I was in Timmins till I was like four but my dad played junior B, came, every, everyone came south, right? My dad played junior B in Kitchener and broke his wrist and he eventually moved down here and moved to Kitchener. Uh, but my family has ties to Frank Mahovlich, my uncle's great friend with him. My Aunt Becky used to, used to uh, stone him on the outdoor rink in Schumacher. Um, it was just a real hockey, hockey community. My dad was the manager of the Schumacher Bears when they won the juvenile provincials in like 1970. I got a leather jacket that uh, dad gave me upstairs. Uh, so hockey was, was uh, you know, a big part of our family. Um, in Kitchener, my, my younger brother, Jamie, he, he had the skill and the talent. And he also got all the height in the family. He's about 5'8", five, 5'9", five, 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 if you look at his big. hockey card. Oh, yeah. I, I tried to get away with 510 they said 59 was pushing it because i'm not even 58 <laughs> <laughs> but you know when i was coming through i was okay but nobody was looking for a five foot three winger so mm-hmm. um uh, so i, I, I saw I you buzz there. around in that game after our games though you were buzzing around you can make plays hicksy don't worry about it I you're was a talented young little five three guy though <laughs> games <laughs> change though maybe you'd have a chance nowadays eh? <laughs> maybe it's totally different Totally it is. Different. They don't even hit each other anymore. Uh, nope. Skinner's only five foot eight. Yeah, wow. I know. He's just a small guy. And we've got a couple of them this year playing for us. Yurik boy. He's listed as 5'10, but maybe with the skates on. But he's a 20 some odd goal scorer now. Well. So yeah. Well, what was the line they used to have that if you were if you were big, you had no, if you were small, you had to prove you could play. And if you were big, you had to prove you couldn't play. That's basically what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then they'd also like to take on the projects. If they were big enough and clumsy enough, they're like, I think we could turn him into an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I always liked to, as a writer though, goalies were always money. It didn't matter what level goalies, they wore their hearts on their mask. 
they would paint it up with, and, and, uh, and they were just always interesting people, whether it's Van Einatten or Tim Knudsen or, or Van Huelingen or Tim Bender or uh, Scott Dickey or Holy any moly, of the guys. Memory. Well, how, how, how about guys. Dallas Cressman? Dallas Cressman. It was over. It was five. Whitey Stapleton sat beside me and uh, he was thinking about where to hide the 72 hockey puck next. And uh, he and then he disappeared and it became five, two, five, three, five, four. And I think it was six, five, seven, five final. It was over. That's the, the start of the Sugar King dynasty began that night in Strathroy when it was done. We were it was done. finished. Well, and that, one after the first period. So you guys are talking yeah. about this game. I was just in grade six communications with Clippy, <laughs> right? So I never got to go to Strathroy and see that game. I did go on a fan bus to a couple of the games, but um, I missed that game. And you just hear about it at school the next day. And I tell you, Almira was a buzz. Oh, yeah. When I'm in grade six and you got Rob Collins, Brandon Dietrich, Derek Hahn, like, man, it, Dallas Crespin and net, like it was as exciting as hockey got. Well, we, uh, you want to talk? Crespin uh, was but, on a run that year, but then he ran into trouble in that game. So they, they, the coaches, Jeff, uh, Jeff Snyder was a coach, wasn't he? Yep. He pulled them out after the first period and put Bob Van Hueligan in, who was the other goaltender. Well, during the season, those two guys split goal, split games. They're pretty much played. But the that same playoffs, game. it was all Cressman. Well, he went to that game and then he got into a little issue. Five goals, one period. Yeah, so, that's, a, that's enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jeff decided maybe we better, we Make better change. change. Just to tell him that we're upset with what the hell you're doing out there. <laughs> it's not the goalie's fault normally. That's no, the player's that's fault. What I mean. Yeah. Let's give a message to the players that, Hey, you screwed up. You let left him out to hang. And as Pixie said, back and won the game seven to five and got into the Southern Cup. Wow. <laughs> there was another time it was over too, and it was before that. It was against Kitchener. And it was game seven, and Kitchener was up by one with a minute left. In Elmira. And all they had to do was clear it out. Yep. I can't remember if it hit a stanchion or Han knocked it down or what, but it came, it, it, it hit a wall of something an invisible wall at the blue line it wouldn't go out well they had the extensions on the glass right where you rim it around (laughs) you hit the the thing and it pops right out in the slot right yep yeah and you know as i i can never look at that without thinking boy i should have really written it up different i was very straight and very boring and the fun you could have covering that team now or i would have would be incredible uh, but it was a it was a stunning moment because that Kitchener team I think would have won the Sutherland yes. Cup if they that, got through that series. That had Jonathan Chichu on. Chichu, Shaw Malpe, uh, yeah. yeah, they had a lot of guys. Well, yeah. that was one of the games as a child I remember because it went to overtime. Is that not when Derek Hahn scores the OT winner? Yeah, that's when it was as full as an arena can get. The you literally could not fit another person in <laughs> oh <laughs> there were people like you know where the old offices were right where the brass would be where yep. the coffee maker was hixie and Clippy are <laughs> yeah. up there the brass there were people on top of there <laughs> they were actually in the rafters yep no no and, and uh, they'd have oscar oscar block would be up there holding court yeah, yeah. right 
and they've had that old rink, you know, we had the, the big uh, beams that went out. Oh, yeah. Ice. Yeah. I can remember games, people up those rafters. Yeah. If they'd have fallen off, they would have landed on the ice. That's how far up they were. It, <laughs> and it was crazy. It really was. And I was standing, like, we would get there as early as we had to. And there was a, the, the hockey guys my age and our friends, our group, we would stand along the glass at that one end. And you could see the guys in the rafters. You could, you're right at the glass. You're watching every second. Like I knew every guy, how they taped their stick. Like I would go to practice and try and skate like Brandon Dietrich or Rob Collins, (laughs) you know, and it, and watching Derek Hahn score that goal, that shit stays with you. But you also saw what it took to win, right? It took the passion. It took a whole community. It took the arena being full. Elmira doesn't win that game. If that arena is not like that, that night. No. We've, we've had some interesting stories you could go on for hours with this hockey club. And we're going to. <laughs> Even the next, the next year with Dietrich and Collins, we're yeah. in the Sutherland Cup again. We didn't win it because we lost the Niagara Falls, I think, in the seventh game. Yeah. But yeah. We were playing the Cherry Cup again in Stratford, starting the series, because they were a first place. We went in there. And they beat us 11 to 1 in the first game of the series. 11 of to the 1. Season. First game. We got out of the bus and it's pretty quiet on the bus. Jeff Snyder come on the bus. He said, can I have your attention? He said, what's the series stand at? Nobody said a word, couldn't figure out. What's the series stand at? Finally, somebody picked one up. One nothing. One nothing. Okay, that's all. Let's go home and have a good night's sleep. And we won the series in six. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, there, there's there's times to, as a coach, that you got to settle the ship down. Then there's times you got to push it. There's yeah. a lot of different things. And, like, it's I, I, I love this coaching thing. This under 11 thing last night, I was so in. And I think as a coach, when you have the passion and you have the drive, when you want it as badly as anybody else, yeah, it rubs off on your team. Well, I know that mm-hmm. then that you will go back to the one we came back and won in Strathroy. Jeff Snyder and I were walking down to the dressing room and all of a sudden he stopped me. Grundy is in the dressing room, the captain, and just chewing the ass off them. He was going right after them. You're right. Jeff said, I don't need to say don't have to go in the room. I don't have to say a word. Grundy's got it. Don't have to say a word. Back out in the ice. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And that's what you want. You want them to want it themselves, right? That that there there's all the different teams that I went you're on as many as I've been. There's the ones where the leadership group has got you and you don't have to do much coaching. Nope. And then there's other teams where you got to do a lot of coaching because you don't yeah. have the, that group that's going to keep it together, right? Yeah. yeah. Makes a difference. Jeez. I got a question for you, Brent. Oh, boy. A big question. I've been waiting 22 years to ask this question. It was uh, against Thorold in the finals, pregame warm-up. I'm talking to Graham next to the coffee maker. Someone shoots a puck off Van Inat and Stick. And the puck goes and shatters the glass. And all this glass comes on my computer and it rains on the people down below. I want to know who shot that puck. 
No idea. Don't even know that. Oh, uh, probably don't watch too much of the warmups. Uh, I, uh, so I would have been playing in that game. I have no clue. Oh, man. The question no. goes unanswered. Yep. Glass breaks all the time. That, that just happens, you know? <laughs> Who on that team would have that kind of a shot? Well, it, sometimes it just hits the glass funny because I've broken glass does. with my shot. And there, the times it did break, it wasn't like a full clapper. It was like the puck kind of just was on end. Right and, angle. Yeah, just hits it right and she goes. Yeah. There you go. Um, okay. Let's see what else I got on the notes here, eh? Uh, don't forget to buy your tickets. Aleshockeytails.com. Friends yeah. of Hockey and Clippy. I'm doing more than that, by the way. So there's a kid in the UK, Max and Maloney. Okay. He's battling cancer. He's got a six month battle on his hands. Like it's a full go and we're trying to keep his spirits up. We're trying to keep him fighting for the next six months. So we're, we're raffling off this Jersey I'm wearing right now on my website, aleshockeytails.com. And um, all the money raised is going to uh, him decorating his room and everything when he gets out of the hospital and uh, he's got some plans, what he wants to do with his room. So we're going to try and raise some money. So he has a light at the end of the tunnel. Cause he just uh, went into round two of chemo now. So uh, buy your tickets, folks, aleshockeytails.com, you know, bet you can spare the five bucks, you know, shouldn't be able to five bucks is nothing nowadays. Right. Clippy, you bought your house for 17 grand. <laughs> <laughs> if the gas price, <laughs> If the gas price keeps going the way it is, it'll cost you that for a gallon. Holy moly. Yeah, I tell you, minor hockey's getting more expensive when you got to drive places. I know. <laughs> Crazy times. Yeah. Okay, Clippy. Who of Sugar Kings really stick out to you? Oh, gosh. Just give me like a couple. You don't have to get all, you know. I know there's too many to list. I know. But- yeah, there's so many of that have impressed you over time. Well, it's like you go to the golf tournament, right? And like, I, I hadn't been to a lot of them because they're on Mondays, right? <laughs> but you get to one finally and all the people you see and it's like, I don't know, a lot of, a lot of emotions when you haven't seen people. Yeah. In you know, I can, I can go back to, you know, you get in the seventies, guys like uh, Terry Holscher, you know? Ah, uh, that's the guy I broke his record, right? Yes. And, and then you came along, and I liked Adam Hogg. I always thought that Derek Hahn was probably one of the most complete players. You're talking about Derek Hahn from Texas? <laughs> yeah. He, he came to the shed, and now he talks like he's from Texas. His uh, name's Derek uh, Hahn Derek from Elmira. He, he seemed to have the offense and the defense. And Everything. he made it look simple, right? He didn't make anything look too yeah. complicated. Everything was calm and under control. Yeah. And he's one of those guys that isn't as flashy, right? And he's yeah. not, but he's doing everything you need him to do. Oh, yeah. Ranker was, did his thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Smith. Andrew Smith. Line, who's in the NHL now. He was a 44 goal scorer. Mm. So, I mean... Wow. Each time you go through a different group of five, six years, somebody really sticks out. Yeah. Not necessarily just as hockey players. Stats he put on. Yeah. Just the type of person he is and everything else. 
Well, I, I think people he, play he, like their personalities, right? Rankers, yeah. uh, he's a they impressive were person. The whole family is. Look at yeah. what Garrett's doing, right? Look, yeah. look, and then it comes from Richard, right? That guy was, yeah. he was Elmira yeah. royalty. Their old man knew every single person in town. He said hi to every single person. Yep. Everybody knew him. He was in a good mood every day. I wish I could have him in my shed. That guy was a great person. Yeah. Hey, they, they, you know, and we go through that. And we got a few of them on the team now, you know. Mm-hmm. They're great kids. A couple of them that. So, right. where are the guys on the team from now? Because they're not like when we won it, what I'm very proud of was it was the guys I grew up with. It was my buddies, most of them. Yeah. Right? You get Van Nyanat and you get the guys you needed, but the core. Yeah. We're from Elmira. So where are the guys from now? There's a lot from Elmira. Really? Really. We have, uh, well, most of them are from Elmira. The or, area though, right? Yeah. Waterloo mm-hmm. County. Right. Uh, there's five or six live right in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everly is in town. The O'Donnells are in town. A uh, couple of them live out in St. Clements. Is that right? I, Over, I thought you guys had expanded more. I didn't think there was as many locals. Ferguson lore type thing. You know, there's Reinhardt Bore from. Well, you know what I'm excited about is going out to center ice with a check for more than $60 <laughs> for <laughs> friends of hockey. And I haven't really been to a game very often in 20 years. And it'll be really fun to go out to center ice with Kyle Rank, my old buddy. And yep. give him a check to friends of hockey to help kids play hockey from drinking yep. beers in my shed, right? <laughs> yeah, well, what the heck, you know? Yeah, it's it'll be good to see you then. You have no date for that? or uh, It depends how much money we raise. I might be okay. too embarrassed to go. <laughs> 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 yeah. Buy your tickets, aleshockeytips.com. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at every game, so you know where I am. And you're videoing the games now, right? I am. I'm up on this right up. Behind the bench, nice. up at the top, the video so, t- for the internet. So you and that's the, I think that's fantastic that you're doing yeah. that because for me, once I left home, once I left Elmira, my parents basically went to Western Michigan or wherever we played every weekend. It's a big task, but they did it. A lot of parents did, but after that, when you go pro, there weren't streams, there weren't feeds. Like they yeah. couldn't watch me play hockey anymore. And now that you see junior teams are doing it, like the parents that the kids moved away from home, at least you can see the kid play at night, right? Yeah. We've got, you know, we do every team has to do it. You have to. It has to go on or is a fine if you don't. And can the parents watch it? They can watch it anywhere. Beautiful. So grandmother lives in the Thunder Bay. That's awesome. They can watch it. That means a lot to those kids that you're doing that clippy. And you know what? None of those little punks even realize how important you are. (laughs) They don't even realize until they're like old and in the shed and just talking about it. I know. I know. I'm just working now on putting a yearbook together. You remember you're getting your yearbook? Of course. Yeah. I remember. (laughs) And and you do it all without technology, right? You got actual binders of shit. (laughs) I do have. I and I've done that since the early nineties. Okay. And one other question while we're on you here, Clippy, you got a bit of a puck collection, eh? Uh, one or two. <laughs> More I than that. I think there's 1200 of them. 1200 wow. pucks. Yes. And are that like, you don't, what are you looking for? how do you decide I, what makes the collection? I collect, started collecting them when I started with the sugar Kings. 
So I start, I've got one whole area, nothing but teams that we played against at some point. Now, a lot of those teams are tier two teams now. Then I had uh, junior A pups because I did some work with the Kitchener Rangers for a, f a few years and when uh, Derek Roy was there. I traveled with him. That was when I was mm -hmm. around, right? That's what I'm playing as he's playing for the Rangers and running amok with Kitchener. Well, yeah. I, yeah. And then Daryl Sittler would collect them in the NHL for me because I knew Daryl Sittler. I had him in the ball team in St. Jacobs. 1,200. So wow. when I come to Elmira to give this $60 check, um, can I bring you a Cardiff Devils puck? Yes. Do you want one? Oh, yes. Do you want? Okay. I got a couple pucks. I could give you a couple. Yeah. I've got, uh, I've got WHA pucks. What's that? You know, the what? old world. Oh, pucks. the one before the, or with the NHL there. It was yeah. the other NHL. Yeah. Uh, the old pro, minor pro leagues from all over the States. Really? You, uh, I'm interested. I want to see this thing. Yeah. And Howie Meeker bought me back one from the 72 season series in Russia. Really? Yep. I'd have to find where the heck it is on the wall right now. <laughs> that sounds like Here. you're, you got quite a bit. What's that now, Hixie? This is a puck I'm going to send to Bob. This is oh, my I know what dog that is. got a hold of this. Yeah. My, my and, dog uh, will do the same thing. Yeah. I used to kick those around with the sticks in the wall. <laughs> <hockey. laughs> Oh man. Um, well, that's really impressive. I'll, I'll bring you a couple pucks when I come for the game. Okay. Okay. I'll be I, there. I'll add, add them to the collection. Um, okay. What else do I got here? Um, Cam Stewart was one of the best shirkings ever. Wasn't he? Yes, he was. He was the only player who was drafted to the NHL out of Elmira, out of Elmira. He was playing for wow. us. He got drafted the NHL out of Elmira because eh? I sure wasn't on the radar when I was putting up 57 no. goals. He played for us <laughs> one year. The first year as a rookie, he got 85 points. And he was drafted by the London Knights. But he, commit, he had already committed at that point to go to University of Michigan. Right. Next year, he had 139 points <laughs> season. 139. So the Boston Bruins drafted him in round five. Oh, that's, uh, that's some impressive stuff. I remember my old man took me to a game at the Elmira arena when I was just a young punk, like yeah. Col Colby's age now. And he was like, you need to come watch this guy play hockey. And I yeah. was like, okay. And I went and watched him play. And I was kind of too young to really get it. Like not when Rob yeah. Collins and Brandon Dietrich are playing, but like, yeah, when people around town are talking about it, it's like yeah. he he was for real. He was a big, solid boy. He played running back in football with St. Jerome's. And wow. He, I, I can remember times when he would be carrying the puck up the ice as a player. <laughs> and somebody would try to hammer him and he'd just run him over like a you know run him over like a, a, a bulldozer. Yeah. No, I remember once he made the NHL seeing him play and he was like, uh, yeah, he was energetic all over the place. And oh, yes. yeah, it did. It did lead to things. He, that's why he had to quit. He ended up with too many concussions. 
right play it on the edge a bit too much he always had to play the physical part yet he had the concussions weren't even that real back in the day because people didn't really know what was going on but i know they were happening because probably the days when i played i you you got off the ice and your head go dizzy and because we didn't wear headgear or anything yeah you're no buckets eh? (laughs) no that wasn't wasn't part back then (laughs) <laughs> so you know, so we, what'd you play up to junior c junior c i i got about five six games in hamilton the hamilton red wings i'm trying to figure out what wow. type of player you were clippy because I, I always give player no reviews i've never seen you play yeah. <laughs> there's no such draft thing at that time it was pro sponsorship Trying to think what type of player you were, Cleppy. Yeah, well, Stratford, Stratford was owned by Detroit and sponsored by them. I'm thinking you're a smooth skating, up yeah. and down the wing, but just a teammate. You you just do everything for everybody, but you're a little bit too nice out there. You you, you, <laughs> you just, you, you didn't want a spirit guy. You weren't the Rob Collins that's going to spear a guy behind the play. You, you, you wanted everybody <laughs> to compete and have fun. Um, but you were one of the best teammates in the game. And I bet you, you were a passer because you were too unselfish to shoot. Um, and, uh, that's what I think. I, well, I, I could, I could put it in the net. I played center. I had smooth skater though. And a passer. That's what saved me. Cause I wasn't big. Mm. So I could skate. <laughs> yeah. 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 I had one, my line mate that played with me at the time ended up playing 14 years in the NHL. Really? Nick Libet with the Detroit Red Wings. Cool. Ah, that's, yeah. Uh, so that's what, what year is wow. this you're playing with that guy? What's that? What year do you think that is you're playing with him? Well, probably 58, 59. So that's back when it's only six teams in the NHL. Yep. Oh, little, yeah. A little tougher to make, maybe. A year ago. Okay. So, Hexie, mm. let's get into you now. We're diving sure. deep now, okay? So, how did you get into hockey and out in Timmins? We never did cover that, did we? You were talking I'm about the Mahovliches, and then you moved yeah. to Kitchener. But how do you – what other sports do you cover? Because I know you weren't just Midwest Junior B hockey because there wasn't enough to cover – what all have you yep. covered in your, your writing career? How did you get into writing? Uh, that's a good question. I just got a job taking sports calls at the record while I was studying broadcasting at Conestoga. And uh, there would be some nights when people would call in with stories, and I was the only guy there. Uh, one was a big suspension uh, that involved the Sugar Kings and Owen Sound. And this was like 80-something and uh, 87 and then one day, one weekend, they didn't have anybody to cover the Braves uh, hosting uh, the uh, uh, the championship for Junior B uh, Founders Cup at the Odd. And the, the What's Braves, the Braves? Were that's the lacrosse. Lacrosse, yeah. And they were playing against one of the teams, and there was Mississauga, and it was John Tavares, uh, the uncle of the lead guy, who was like considered maybe the greatest lacrosse player of all time anyway nobody expected the braves to win and they won the damn thing and so i did that story and they liked the job i did and i started doing more and and sort of i sort of wrote for the newspaper while i was pursuing a career in broadcasting 
which I turned into a junior B play-by-play -play. Uh, in Cambridge. I started covering junior B really when Marty Turco was winter Hawks, 93-94. And he was a hell of a goalie, let me tell you. He would, uh, acrobatic, acrobatic. Uh, he was something else. Uh, he, would, he would stand, I remember he'd, at the start of games, he would stand sideways perpendicular to the goal line. And, but his puck play, man, he was on that puck. And at Galt, it's, uh, what is it, 185, so it's 15 feet shorter. So you could, so goaltender playing the puck was a big thing at Galt, old Galt Arena before they fixed it up. It was, a, you think, it's nice now. It was a dump yes. uh, when I was doing play-by-play -play there. It was a real dump. Um, but, you know, as a kid, I mean, my dad used to take me on the ice of McIntyre Arena in, in Timmins uh, when I was like one on a sled and out there. So uh, hockey's in the family. It's just something we've always been a big part of. My uncle Greg was a scoring champ in the Quebec league uh, in the sixties. Uh, he played Cleveland pro. He was with Montreal's system. Uh, back hockey's in the, in the family, right? Like, cause you, you yeah. sent me the thing for your poster there. Your brother has yep. still a record in pro hockey. He is the only player um to ever score a shorthanded natural hat trick one two three all shorthanded it was with the birmingham how Bulls many penalties probably not that many i don't was know. it was it two different penalties three goals it wasn't yeah, three goals uh, three and one penalty it was three different penalties three different penalties yeah three different penalties and he was coaching Birmingham in the Southern Pro League. They kind of got revived and they, they took him because he won a scoring title. He was Coast League and was a name guy. And he, he, I took my boys down there to see some playoff games. And uh, he, I asked him, so what are you going to do if one of your guys gets two shorties? And is, you know, he said, don't worry, that guy will never see the bench, after, never see the ice after that. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way anybody's getting three shorties natural anymore, I don't think. I'm surprised that yeah. ever happened. He was, he's a really great, talented player. He played junior B for the Kitchener Ranger Bs. He would have played against Elmira. Then he played OHL for Peterborough with Mike Ricci and uh, Ty Domi. And, uh, and then he went to Kitzbühel, Austria. Brantford spoke with Easter. Uh, I used to do play by play for the Brantford Smoke on TV with him and Easter. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's a small world when you get chatting around. <laughs> so, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't even know where to go with that. But, um, other thing was he even played in the UK because if folks don't know, most of the listeners of the shed are in yeah. the UK. So, he was playing for Air in Scotland, Air Raiders of Scotland. And the checks started bouncing, as I recall, and he ended up leaving there. And uh, I think he, I think that's when he came back for uh, to Brantford. Played Houston in the IHL when the IHL was a thing. That uh, would have been interesting, having like the Brantford smoke and the whatever other teams like that. Yeah. You could play actual pro hockey around here and get paid. That'd be pretty. Fun. It was. Uh, it, there were a lot of uh, junior B people like Greg White. Uh, would play, come in from Cambridge. Terry McCutcheon, he still had the fire. Uh, it, but what was great about them was they had smoke gray uniforms at home. And they would come out to onto the ice every time to deep purple smoke in the water. It, they had a doubt. And then they would switch to white home. I think Easter I think brought Easter that up there. in the shed. I think you're bringing back memories of like episode 16, 15. Maybe. <laughs> there was one uh, one game where... Uh, Raw McLean was the referee, <laughs> and 
Yeah, and they had me interview him between periods. I remember that. Because uh, he, used, that to, he used to ref for be a linesman, right, to keep up his, like, his qualifications so he could keep doing it, right? Yeah, something like that. He, he did a lot of refereeing. And uh, uh, you, you know what? Yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell. But I, as I became a, a radio person and I co-hosted this morning show and did the news, I met my wife in radio. She was a DJ. Uh I started to pick up stuff. I learned a lot about writing uh, from the guy who co-hosted the morning show with me. He was wild and off the wall and would set things up for the big punchline. And he was really good. And uh, I I began to just sort of bring some of that and and let some personality come out in my writing. And uh, well, the more you did it, the better it was. But like when we were at junior B and you came up with articles that I like, I couldn't believe what I was reading. Right. Just like there, your play with words and how it all made sense, but it was about the hockey game. It was uh, like, we loved it as players. <laughs> oh, that's great to hear. I had a great, I had a great time. And junior B was, was a, a loop. I spent one year. I, I saw 112 games. I think maybe that was the year. On my that's aggressive. That's aggressive. So, how, how'd the yeah. wife think about that? <laughs> Uh, let's see, 96. We were just married too. Oh That's dear. Right. Uh, so, so she knew remember, what she was in for. <laughs> I remember we had, uh, we had our marriage before we got married the year before 95, 96, we had, uh, uh, marriage classes with the priest and, uh, and they scheduled them. And I said, I, I can't make that. We, I got a junior B playoff series to call an Owen sound out. I'll be an Owen sound that night. We can't make, I can't make it. So that was kind of the, I think that conditioned her pretty well to what was, what was to come. Uh, but you know what, just to get back to Elmira, Elmira was different than any other place I'd been to. You would come in there and you'd just be floored by the decency of the people, the niceness of the people, um, everyone with the team. Uh, it was so great. Uh, but two years ago, I think I saw uh, John and Marilyn Craig. It was Marilyn's birthday. They're having a cake at the arena at the, Dan and my one of my kids was playing and just to see them again to see that everybody at the at the maple syrup festival at their booth to to buy a pickle on a stick uh to it's just a special special place and I've learned more about uh how to be a good person and competitive uh from the people around the sugar kings than anywhere else and that goes right from from Jeff Snyder and Kevin Block I learned so much from Graham because um, uh, he, you know, when, when he lost Dan, it was a big thing. I mean, it was Dan Snyder folks. You didn't, you said Graham, but yeah, yeah. Graham Snyder, Dan Snyder playing for the Atlanta thrashers. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Then there's a car crash and Danny, Heatley's at the wheel and, and uh, Dan passed away. And I I was riding. And then I played with Danny or his brother, Mark Heatley in Germany later. Right. It's a small world. Yeah, yeah it, but the media descended upon Elmira. I mean, it was everybody for the funeral. Last and night, I remember, yep. I spent, I spent hours with the media because yeah. I was with the team and Dan Snyder was also an ex-student. Yeah, and he was, I mean, I knew him from the OHL, uh, all this, uh, everybody knew Dan, right? Uh, the only, the only way I know him was Jeff Snyder was kind enough to invite me. So, you know, as a young hockey player, it gives you confidence. It gives you a little spur in your step when, or whatever, like when a coach 
requests for you to come try out. He requested mm. just myself and Dennis Weidman from the 83 age group to come try out as 13 year old. I was 13 when I tried yeah. out for the Sugar Kings. Wow. Um, it, and that's amazing. when Dan Snyder was on the ice and I skated with him. And that was my first time. And he was already, I think, in the OHL. And when you're a 13 year old kid and you get to go out and do that shit and see these other guys from Elmira that are playing yeah. in the OHL coming back to skate with the Sugar Kings. And it's like, geez, I could be like that guy someday. <laughs> yeah. And Dan was a pure force of personality. I don't know how he made it as far as he did because he didn't have any of the things you would think, but it was just pure personality, whether he was taking the tooth out and dropping it in your glass or uh, doing the Harpo marks. I hear uh, playing golf, uh, streaking the golf course. Um but uh, there, there's so many story, great stories Scott Sealing used to tell me about him. Uh, he's a good friend. But what I was, was talking about was the day of his funeral. And uh, there was a huge press conference. And, and uh, I asked Graham, I said, you know, how do you, how do you go on with, with Danny Heatley? What do you say? Uh, how, how do you deal with this? And his, his response is something I'll always remember, something I, I, I keep in my mind. He said, um, I've already lost one son. I want to lose two. It was just so powerful, the forgiveness. Um, and when I, when I want to think what's forgiveness, that's forgiveness. And then after that, to see uh, Graham walking up the street with, uh, with his wife, hand in hand, and hundreds of hockey players behind him. It was just... Uh, you know what I when I relayed that I still get choked up about it when I relayed that story to my wife um, that that day um, the image uh, was just something well and that was yeah I was at Western Michigan with all that going on and obviously yeah. I'm seeing the media and I'm seeing I I was very proud of Elmira <laughs> yeah um, but yeah. it's it's more than than you know, Dan's story, it's, you know, I think of Larry Farr and his wife, Dawn. I think of, of uh, Jimmy McLeod. And, I, you know, he was a captain of, captain of industry, as I recall. He didn't need to be an equipment guy. He was that special. Um, yeah, and he and, was and the best Schaefer. equipment guy ever. He kept us kids in check. It was like, your shit needs to be here or it's not getting done. You need yeah. to, you need to be <laughs> accountable to yourself or else I'm not doing this for you. I'm only doing this for you if you put it here like this, and then I'll do it. And yeah. he, he was teaching us to be accountable as young men, right? Yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, there's so much tough, there's so many tough aspects of life that the people of Elmira handle with a smile and with, with, with calm and acceptance and move on and continue competing, continue being nice, continue being the people they are. It's, uh, it just struck me as something very special. I've never encountered anywhere else. Um, it's, uh, and, and I say this as an outsider. Um, and it, the, Cause whenever you go places it right away, you get hit by, okay, what kind of place is this? And, but the more I went into Elmira, the more I kept looking for, for chinks in the armor and I never found it because People are genuine and uh, just a real pleasure to be around. And I spent so many games beside Bob and, and uh, just chatting. You know, we just chat about stuff and it was always a pleasure. 
and uh, yeah, yeah, very special place. Very special. Stop it! You're making me choked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, we, we but I like I, like I always yeah. say to everybody on here is where you're from makes you who you are. <laughs> yeah. The road you travel makes you who you are, right? That's right. Been through that. <laughs> okay. So, Hixie, here's your another right. question then. You ready? Yep, How do you feel it. when you're a newspaper reporter and obviously the game's changed in your world? Now you got punks like me that's never gone to school for media, never <laughs> done anything. And now all of a sudden I'm like, I'm going to go to my shed and start crushing beers with my friends and call it a podcast. And it, like, what's it like the industry that you've been in your whole life from, yep. from like, you would have been watching a junior B game and you would have had some kind of a deadline to write that article that night and get it sent in. So it could be in the paper the next day. Right. And I'd be, I'd be, I can just, hit, I can just take line. a picture right now and say, yep. Hey, talking to these two sent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that's the constant in life. Things change. Right. And uh, it makes me feel really good because one thing that's the most important, and I learned about this in radio and TV, is it's called one-to-one. It's being able to talk to, like we're talking to one person. You're not talking to a group, hi, you don't say hi, everybody, or at least you don't do it. So you're, you're, you're dispersing your thoughts over many. You really do a one-to-one. And that's what I think people have clued in on without having the formal training. Sometimes the formal training gets in the way even especially for writing, I had to unlearn what I thought sports writing was and just become, let my personality and be yourself. Up. Yeah. Which is what you do, Wally. You're yourself. And that's yeah. why it's a success. That's why I'm wearing this and I pay a ridiculous shipping price. Well, thank you. Because realistically, like it's the most fun I've ever had because it's the most myself I've ever been. <laughs> you said earlier, what I said to your mom. Right. Size the limit. Hey, I, I, did, you, did you not reach for that and get it now? Well, that's the thing, right? I've never been so passionate about talking about, I've never been so passionate about anything, but um, doing this and being a, you know, father and husband, but like doing this has changed me as a person. I'm, I, more confident in myself. Um, oh, you stepped out of Brett Walton and went somewhere different. And, well, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm who I always wanted to be. Like this, yeah. this the, these conversations, this is who I always wanted to be. But hockey players, when you're coming up, you're so worried about what the coach thinks, what the GM oh, yeah. thinks, what yeah. this guy thinks, how you, you show up to the rink. Are you wearing the right clothes? Are you wearing the right shoes? Are they going to like you because of that? Are you going to like you because of this? And then like you're in the room and you're with the new team and you're like, can I behave like Wally? Or like the hardest parts I ever had was I could be myself when we're winning, (laughs) but when we're losing, you can't act like Wally because you're a losing team. And that was where I had a very hard time for a few years was when we were losing. And I'm like, I can't even act like myself at the rink. And it just changed my whole life. (laughs) This is fun. Sorry if yes. I rambled there. I love this. Yeah. Hixie just left us. Holy moly. Where'd he go? I don't know. Maybe he had some appointment. I don't know. 
Holy moly, Clippy. One-on-one yeah. time. Little one-on-one time till Hicksy fights his way back. <laughs> maybe, maybe he disconnected something. Oh, he'll be back. Hey, this is like uh, when you'd bike by Cedar Waxwing, right? Yeah. One-on-one time. You ready? Yeah. Okay, let's see. Where's your stuff? So, oh, he's back. Um, Holy moly. We, You know what's funny is when I rate the notes out, even if we, I don't follow them, it's what we talk about. These are the notes I have written down at the end. $20 every two weeks still, question mark. Free McDonald's after every player of the game, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have where players from now, question mark. <laughs> oh, gosh. So how do the Sugar Kings recruit players, Clippy? How, how do they find guys nowadays? Because I was always curious, especially now growing up in Concordon or my kid is, and wherever he ends up going with hockey, like how do they do recruiting for the Sugar Kings? Well, what we have going now is probably a little different. We have our GM is and does a lot of scouting. He does it for the Oshawa Generals is Kevin Block. Oh, is that right? And then we have about six other of them in different areas. There's one in North Bay, one up in the Own Sound area. There's in various spots, and they're involved in minor sports at that level. And you have your all your little hubs of where, yes, of where and you're and seeing we, players. We now have every spring we have a spring camp, and these various scouts put together the names that they would like to see invited to this spring camp. And it's May 6th and 7th this year. Okay. May 6th and 7th folks. You want to be sure King that's where you got to go. And if you want to support kids that can't afford equipment, you got to go buy tickets at aleshockeytails.com, right? And buy uh, tickets to help support friends of hockey. So then when I go to center ice, you have something to give. And I, I'm proud of how much money we've raised for these kids that want to play hockey, right? Because when I see the kids on my team smiling and playing hockey, like to think of kids not getting able to do that because they don't have yeah. the equipment. And all you got to do, folks, is buy a few tickets, right? Pixie, <laughs> you look like you're on the throne now. You taking a shit? <laughs> oh, you're, you're <laughs> muted. You're muted. You're muted. We can't hear anything you're saying. Stop it. Ask to unmute. You're muted still. Nobody can hear you. Are you taking he, a shit? Maybe he can't hear you. <laughs> no, he's not here. Well, he is a mess right now. Old Hicksy. Jeepers. <laughs> so, Clippy, what else do we got then? Because Hicksy's a mess right now. What do you got? What do you what are you doing these days? Are we about done here? What do you got for me? Uh- I haven't got a whole lot. I, I keep track of records and stuff for the team. I keep those up to date. So I, I, st- I still got one, right? Yeah. And I have up at the rink in the archives, there are 64 binders going back to 71. Everything you can possibly think of. <clears throat> and in the last 10 years, we put an alumni wall up. And an alumni wall. I, I, you know what? I just got a picture. sent. I got a picture sent from my nephews that they wanted a picture with me. And there's a picture of me up in the Elmire arena. So thank you. Well, there's, there's a picture of you in Western Michigan and I forget where else, but there's about 150 of them down near the dressing room. 
Oh, down by the dressing room. I was, yeah. oh, yeah. And there's some upstairs in the one showcase. Well, it means a lot, right? For a player, like after all the shit you go through. We, Hicks, we, are you done your shit yet? Uh, Can we hear you yet? I think so. Holy moly, man. You're a mess. Uh, Can you hear me shit. now? Yeah, you're not uh, on the throne anymore. Is that a quick shit or what? <laughs> <laughs> so oh, try these again. It's all good. Um, But yeah, no, like it means a lot clippy when i when that picture's up in uh elmy arena like my nephews yeah. go to take a picture with me and uh pretty neat when you're an old fart you know yeah you know <laughs> we've got this uh yeah your 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 uh sister's kids yeah cash and um they were at the, ty were there they were there uh game or two ago with mom and dad that's right yeah yeah they, they played between periods I, Ty was out playing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, was- I, what a, what a great way to bring communities together. And like, I don't know, with all the crap that's gone on lately, oh, when yeah. you get to the Concarden arena and these teams are in playoffs and they're big games, like the arena is almost full and it's bringing communities together. It's people oh, coming yes. together and it's what hockey does. Right. Yeah. It always does. It's one big, once a King, always a King. Yeah, it's a family thing. Well, and that's what it is. It was a family thing. I went as a kid, like when I when I'd go when whatever grade six, right? Like I'm just going with my buddies, and my parents are doing whatever, whether they're there or not. Like it, it ever it was bringing the Elmira community together is what the Sherkings yeah. Kings did, and it, it, you know what brings it even more together is winning. <laughs> yeah, well, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> you get you get put out first round. Nobody really gives a shit because no. those arenas weren't packed until the finals, right? <laughs> well, it each round it just in grew. It just grows, right? Yep. It yeah. grows. Yep. So should we uh give this check out in the first round or the second round? <laughs> well, I, I would have to hope we can go to the finals of the cherry cup. Right. Well, we, the raffles we good. Raffles only got 16 days left, folks. So you better get your tickets. Yeah. You know. So we've got, uh, let's see, seven, eight, nine games left. And really, still in the regular season, eh? You guys are going well, for the we, marathon, eh? Well, wow. we, we only play 48 games. But the problem that we ran into, we didn't play the whole month of January. And we didn't start until the 1st of October. Right. Because of the pandemic. It's been, yeah, it's been a fun time. It, it, it blew everything out of the water. So, But you know what? People have been adapting and making things work. And yeah. um, it's like Hixie said about folks from Elvira, right? Like whatever's thrown at you, you just roll figure it out and carry on. Right? Roll <laughs> a bunch and go with it, you know? Yeah. And uh, we still have the kids up to eat now. We are allowed to do that. After the game, you went up to the... Like you said, it was a blue line club, but you know, the Elmira arena. Now they have that community center out off the lobby. That's where they go. No, it's great that the whole thing's still happening. And um, I have to thank a lot of my hockey career to Elmira, but also watching the sugar Kings win those Sutherland cups changes my career because I see what it takes to win right i think there's a lot of hockey players out there that think they know what it takes to win yeah. but they don't actually know 
And I think the other thing that kids coming in, like yourself coming in the first year out of playing minor midget or something, they always have the feeling that you could walk in to play junior B hockey and just walk in and continue to do the same thing you did playing Bantam. They have to learn, they have to learn what's the next step to get me up to that point. And you got to get used to where you're at and adapt and then, and then figure out, figure out, figure out how to get up to the next level, be good at what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I think the parents have a hard time with that too. Well, because their kids always been the best their whole career, right? And then they get to junior B and you're playing with a 19 year old. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he hasn't learned what it takes to do it. And you got to learn how to do it all, right? Yeah. And then there's roles too, right? Uh, You got to figure out what your role is. One of my favorite stories is a Jeff Bricks story. Yeah, Jeff Brick. He was coaching uh, New Hamburg. Uh, he used to coach with Snides, right? Yeah. Uh, Jeff Brick and- was the Cambridge coach when I was in the league. And I always, he was always a Brent Walton supporter. I remember when they would shadow me because, I, you know, when a team shadows you, that's, that's a pretty big compliment. So thanks, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> it drove me nuts he- that game, but it feels great now. So thanks. <laughs> he was coaching New Hamburg and young Corey Green, another former Cambridge coach was coming up. And he was a fourth liner and he was coming in over the blue line and he dangled two guys, ran in, scored top shelf, got back to the bench. And, uh, and uh, Jeff Brick looked at him, you know, his eyes bulged out and he said, you sit down the rest of the game. And he kind of looked at Jeff and said, what? He says, when I ask for dump ins, I want fucking dump ins. Uh, Got it. <laughs> yeah. And so, any yeah. team has the same thing. You had the scorers and Wally's team that played. You had your guys that could do the offensive start, but you also had those other guys that could do the other part of the game. Well, and I, I personally think hockey teaches and taught, taught me everything I know about the real world now because I go to Elmira. The first year, I am a third-line winger. Um, no power play time, no penalty kill, just try to fit in, try to get used to it. The second year I'm good at it. I'm better. The third year I was dominant, but like each year is a different vibe. You're a different person in the room. You're not the rookie. You're the second year guy, or then you're the vet, you're the guy. And they're looking at you to teach them the way. And it's the same in every, once you get to pro, there's the rookies there's the guys that have been around. Right. There's the guys with kids. And you have to figure out who you are in the team dynamic. And you have to perform that responsibility for your team to be successful. And it's the same shit in the real world. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Kidding. <laughs> right? Kidding. And you have to learn how to be part of a team. And you have to know who you are in the organization and do that. <laughs> well, you, you, you play with a sports team. You learn your role and you also learn to work with people because there's no way that one person makes a hockey club, the 20 do that's life. And there's a lot of different personalities on every different team and every, you have to work together to figure the yeah. shit out. And when you get out into the real world, away from sports in an office, 
You got 20 people in that office. They ain't all going to be the same good guy that you think they're. And they, 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 have, they haven't all played sports. They haven't all played hockey. Well, they, and they have different personalities, and some of them can be real dorks. And they came from different backgrounds. They came, right. it's, it, there's a lot of different people in the world, and we're all different. Yeah. And you have to learn <laughs> to work in that system. And then some of them are goalies. Oh, <laughs> no shit. That, we always, we had, my, my idea with the goaltender is the fact is I would never play goal. I'm thinking, who the hell is going to stand in there and let some other dork throw a puck <laughs> at your head at 100 miles an hour? <laughs> it makes no sense, but the thing you is, is stupid. <laughs> it, it, if you look back on my previous episodes, I've almost had on almost every goalie I've played with because I always found the goalie's the most important player on it. Oh yeah. And you, mm-hmm. like, I always had a shine to him. I always wanted to make sure they felt good. I always wanted to make sure they were ready. They're happy. And I always had great relationships with my goalies because I knew that was the most important yeah. thing in our team winning. Your team, your team builds from the net out. That's it. It's like being a coach. It's like, if you want to be a good coach, then you better have a good save percentage. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's one of the successes we're having this year. We have a team, both of our goaltenders have under a two goal game average. No scholarship opportunities. <laughs> yeah, well, hmm. I'm just curious because if you're telling me that's the case, Rob Collins is coaching a good D zone for sure. He's coaching a good system. And yep. the boy, the boys are buying in because you don't have that good of a goals against if he's not doing that. Um, but I don't understand because a kid that's playing junior B or tier two junior A, they're shooting the puck at the same speed. So if those kids aren't letting in goals, why the flip aren't they getting scholarships? They're they, you see very little of them anymore. You know why though? Part of it's because Americans are way better at hockey than they used to be. There's a lot of change in the American system and a lot has changed in the NCAA about the use of scholarships. A lot of schools don't give scholarships as such. They do financial aid. But that's only the smart schools, I thought. And they do that with mom and dad, depending what mom and dad, even Rochester, RIT, doesn't offer four. No, that's just certain schools. So that was the same when I went there. Cornell was like that. But you go to Western Michigan, they could pay the ride. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, but Cornell's not allowed. Princeton's not allowed. It's what mommy and daddy make. And like, that's, it, that's the way it's been. But um, it's just disheartening to me when I hear that there aren't scholarships coming out of that league because I'm from this area. Yeah. I want my son to play in this area and get a scholarship to the NCAA. That's what I want. I don't want him having to move to BC to get a scholarship. No. I think that's bullshit. He but can be a good player here. And make the jump, I thought. Yeah. But but your 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 recruiters for the NDCAA now think there's only certain places where there are good enough players to play. Mm-hmm. They like the provincial well, so so speaking they of small worlds, I moved to Kincardin and Ethan Skinner was trying to get a scholarship. This yeah. was way back five, six years ago, right? Yeah. We go out for breakfast. We have a chit chat. I get to know him. I find out what type of person I'm dealing with, what we're doing. And 
make sure I can vouch for the guy. The guy is a fantastic person. He is. he is heart and soul. He is a captain of your team. If I had a team in the UK, I'd be taking him any day. Um, I've never, I just know him as a person. He's a fantastic person. So then I call Western Michigan cold call. And I haven't talked to them since I left because there was some, it was mm. tough leaving there. But anyways, I call them. There's new coaches. It's all different. And I'm like, I'm trying to help this kid out. What do I got to do? And they said, he's got to leave Elmira. Yeah, I know. Wow. We the same thing. We have two or three now playing the BCHL because they were told. And one of them was Robbie Waters. From son. Elmira. Robbie Waters' son. Is he's out in BC to play hockey to try to get a scholarship wow. because you can't he's in Elmira. Nanaimo. And I'm sorry, but, you know, going back to Collins and Dietrich's days, our junior B league is as good as anything else out there. Well, it, it, it just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, no, I know mm -hmm. like, we got, we got two or three kids on our team now. And I, I've got several coaches in the NCAA that I talk to all the time. Still do. Yeah. By, e by email now, <clears throat> but I keep telling them, get your ass up here. I mean, there's players. And that's the thing is it takes a couple yeah. NCAA teams to come up and watch a game and go like, yeah. ah, shit, they can play. <laughs> yeah, that's and it. then all of a sudden they find a couple players out of there. They go to the NCAA and do well. And then all of a sudden there's Man, we'll be back again. you're back in business. <laughs> I know. Shed's making this happen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I'm going to, we're going to do this. Yeah. We're getting scholarships it, it, out of that league again. You know, I don't care fine. what I got to do. We got a couple of scores. We got a kid that plays for us now. He's played minor hockey with the Waterloo Wolves. Uh, Murray kid out of Saint, uh, North Waterloo here, St. Clements. He's got 30, 26 goals already this year in his first year at Junior B. And he's not getting anything. No sniffs, nothing. Yeah, uh, well, he can whistle a puck, I'll tell you. And that's what I don't understand about the goaltenders making all the saves. Goalies can either stop the puck or they can't. And yeah. Junior B players or tier two in BCHL, wherever the hell you want to call it, USHL, kids can shoot at the same speed. Oh, yeah. It's not a different shot in junior B than tier two, junior A. So I don't get why those kids aren't getting scholarships. Well, that's it. You know, we've got about three kids. There's Yurik uh, uh, LeBlanc. I wouldn't stand in front of their shots because they can whistle them and they can catch corners. They're not just drilling it, they're aiming it. Yeah. Got to do that sometimes. <laughs> 25. We got three or four kids with over 20 goals already this year. Mm -hmm. Has anybody come close to my record yet, though, Clippy? <clears throat> I think probably the last one would be Andrew Smith at 44. When was that? He played for the Sutherland Cup team in 2014, I think. Okay. <laughs> That's good. I don't want that. That was uh, that was a big day in my life. Uh, yes, it was. It's it, it was. I still have the puck. I'm not sending you that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I remember being stuck at 56 forever when I tied it. And it, it was the last. <laughs> I, so then I went. I went about three games without a goal, yep. and I needed one more to pass it, and it came down to the last game of the season, and I got one more to get 57 and actually pass him. So that was cool. Oh <laughs> yeah. Terry Holsher. I, that <laughs> was a battle that year. Uh, you got to have goals though, right? Oh yes. 
and, and he was, he was, he was what I was striving for. So thanks buddy. <laughs> it's, it's always that way. It it's is. You got to have something to shoot for. Right. And it's like right. Brandon Dietrich and Rob Collins watching their careers. And it's like, this is what I can do. Right. Yeah. Wow. The sky's the limit. Sky's, sky's the, the limit. Sky's <laughs> the limit. Yeah. You're right. And this has been another episode of zero <laughs> ales and hockey tales. Cause I got to go back to the real world. Yes. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott, I'm a